Hello and welcome in. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SwingShiftRNB. As always, thank you so much for checking us out. And today we have a third member, a very special guest joining in on Swing Shift, and that is Blake Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at ByBlakeWilliams. Maybe you've seen his tweets before. Maybe you've seen his various writings for different Dodger outlets across the internet over the last couple years. He's coming in to help us preview the offseason. We take a deep dive into the Dodgers-specific free agents. What are the Dodgers going to do with Justin Turner, Kike Hernandez, Jock Peterson? Will these guys ever play in a Dodger uniform again? We take a look at the offseason as a whole. Where are the Dodgers going to add outside of the organization? We look at different trade options, and we explore what could be the craziest trades that the Dodgers could possibly make. Could the Dodgers really trade for a former MVP? for the second offseason in a row, it's more likely than you think. Come on in. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, as always. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo and Blake. Well, the word is out. The Dodgers are world's champions. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Yes, as always, thank you to the house band Ass Life. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo. My name is Ryan Bershinger. He is Bo Benson. And today we have a third leg of the Swing Shift, and that is Blake Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at ByBlakeWilliams. You've probably seen his tweets around. Maybe you've seen his writings that he's done on the Dodgers over the last couple years across the internet. He's currently a, a journalism student at the finest public university in the world and that is of course california state university at northridge uh he is uh, a matador just like bo and i and that is blake williams blake how you doing today doing pretty good thank you so much for for coming on with us uh i know you've uh, you've at least listened to at least one episode of swing shift which already gives you qualification to come on whenever you like and uh <laughs> you uh you have added to our our ever-growing podcast number so uh thank you thank you for that and uh thank you so much for 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 joining us today now uh, i do want to ask you how have the last couple weeks been for you you obviously uh we're, we're we're living in the in the fresh shadow of a dodgers world series title what was that like what was it like to watch the dodgers finally win the world series and what have these last couple weeks been like for you watching them win was great it, i act i was crying it but I was also writing the story for the Sundial about mm. them winning. Nice. So it was mixed emotions there. I was trying to be serious and finish my piece while also <laughs> watching them and try and take that all in. But it's pretty great right now. I'm wearing a World Series champion shirt. I've got some stuff next to me, like a champion's hat and a face mask. So yeah, how yeah. much how much have you spent on World Series gear? Uh, no comment. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's in the thousands. Oh my god! Oh, let's go, dude. That's sick. <laughs> They're never gonna win for the first time again, though. So exactly. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I every time I put my credit card in to buy something, I'm like, ugh. But then, yeah, like it's always something that you're gonna want to treasure forever. So I got. I mean, I got double screwed with the Lakers and the Dodgers winning so close to each other. So. Mm-hmm. I've gotten two shirts. I got the the gray one and I got the uh, the blue one with all of the jerseys on the back. Um, I went to the team store at City Walk uh, like a week ago. I went 
during the day on a Monday. So like nobody was there. It was wonderful. And there were only like three mediums left. So I <laughs> those for me and my brothers. Um, I, uh, I've got, I've got a hat coming eventually with the world series patch. And it's funny too. Cause the other day I had to put something in my trunk and I found in my trunk, the uh, Dodgers hat with the, uh, World Series attendee patch for 2018, and I totally forgot that I had gotten that hat. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm like, oh well, no, probably not. Gonna I, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't get one of those for 2017, and then in 2018 I was like, well, you never know when they're going to get back to the World Series, so mm-hmm. I have one of those. And then then I didn't buy this World Series patch because you know I didn't want to jinx anything. And of course, now those things are like a hundred dollars. So, right, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Dodger fans, for buying everything. <laughs> you can still find. I know uh, at the lids here in Thousand Oaks, they still have they have uh, they have some hats there with the with the championship patch, which I I hadn't seen just in store. Like like even at the at the team store, they didn't have anything. And same with the lids at at City Walk, they had nothing uh, in terms of hats with the patches on them. They had some of the shirts, but. Uh, none of the hats with the patches, but uh, but they also had jerseys with the patches at the team store, and that the jersey the the World Series championship patch on the jersey is super nice. Like it looks really good. I almost yeah, got I, one for myself, but I just couldn't do it. I have a Mookie uh, a Mookie one coming. So. Hell yeah, Blake! Did you did you snag a jersey with a patch on it? Is that is I that did contributing? Not, but I got a patch. Okay, I got a couple autograph pictures. And- Ooh. I got some memorabilia that I hope becomes worth more down the line. Hell yeah. What are those pictures and, and uh, who are the autographs from? I got a Mookie, a Seeger, a Bueller, and a Bellinger. And I'm kind of considering buying a Kershaw, but it's 500 Ooh. and I don't know if I want to go down that anymore. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, but that's sick though. And I, I, I mean like... I'm sure there's going to be a point where the Mookie one is worth more than what you spent because that that will be in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But like, you know, really, who knows how good he'll be 10 years from now when the Dodgers are stuck (laughs) with their contract. Especially when he's wearing all the rings while batting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Hell yeah. Well, that's sick. That's sick. Yeah. It's uh, it is still it's definitely like not worn off. They, They had that the uh, the televised uh the uh, this is our year celebration on spectrum Sportsnet the other night and i did watch some of it and it was actually it was it was fun it was yeah it was I'm, no i'm i'm still hung over it's it's so sick it's it's been an excuse to drink for the last two weeks so yeah that's true it's gonna be wild when they have their parade with the lakers in 2024 <laughs> jesus <laughs> I don't know. I I know Garcetti mentioned like doing something at the Griffith Observatory. So, uh, yeah, just do it. Hurry up, please. Before before the NBA season starts in a month and no one remembers that the Lakers won. Wait, wait. At the Griffith, there's there's no parking there on a normal day. Like, yeah, (laughs) I would imagine it would just be the players gathered up there and they would televise it. Oh, okay. Uh, But uh, cool. Yeah, it would figure that Los Angeles would win championships when we can't go out and celebrate them. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. cool. That's standard. But yeah, we're still still living in that range. Um, but let's uh, let's let's take a look at, at, at some stuff that's been going on recently. And first, let's talk about Justin Turner. Uh, obviously, so JT did not get suspended 
Uh, and no sort of punishment laid down by Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball admitted that they fucked up the entire process, um, which was a, a refreshing take to see from them, uh, to see Manfred say, actually, OK, yeah. But I, I think that the only reason why they came forward and said, yeah, we messed that up. We can't move forward with this is because uh, the Players Association would have just uh, or the Players Union would have would have appealed and then found like, okay, well, you know, you didn't enforce any rules once you took Justin Turner off the field. So um, what the fuck is he supposed to do? Uh, I'm very happy that he didn't get suspended. Hopefully this, that entire issue is now just going to be behind us. We can move on from that. Um, yes. Multiple people in the organization did test positive in the, the weeks after, but as uh, was kind of glossed over by some national media members, uh, those people like weren't even in the bubble. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's uh, it, it's kind of a, a, a weird thing that they bought, didn't bother really including that. And then people still kind of lashed out at Justin Turner over it. It's, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I actually have some insider information as oh. to how Justin Turner got off. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually looked Rob Manfred in the eyes and he told him to kiss the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, didn't get suspended. You know, if it works for Tony La Russa, it's got to work for everybody else too, right? <laughs> I'm a World Series championship baseball person. And, yeah. then, <laughs> and they let him can't, off. Uh, can't suspend me. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it funny that the same people that spent a week and a half just fucking raking Justin Turner over the coals for something that he shouldn't have done but also any human being would have done in the same situation. Right. Uh, isn't it, isn't it weird that those same people then turned around to pat Don Mattingly on the back (laughs) after, you know, he practically told his team, like, listen, we've got two choices. We can either fold or we can get out there and get everybody sick. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's the difference here, guys? I I don't get it. That's such a good point too. Like, like people just gloss over that as well. The fact Don Mattingly then wins manager of the year, because uh, because he brought this this scrappy group of nobodies in, into the postseason as a six seed in, in the Major League Baseball postseason, which has never been a thing before, and uh, half of the season he had to play with literally anybody they could find because uh, there was a huge COVID outbreak on their team because they didn't bother following protocol. But nobody brings that up to them when they talk about Justin Turner's issues in which he was pulled from a game in the eighth inning because major league baseball's testing protocol didn't get the firm results back until the eighth inning of a world series game, which is baffling. Uh, So yeah, a lot of hypocrisy there. If you want to point the finger at Justin Turner, stop celebrating the fact that Don Mattingly has won manager of the year, which was also pretty stupid as it was anyway, but you know, whatever. Good for you, Don. I do want to give the Marlins credit, though, uh, because today, we're recording this on Friday, uh, they hired Kim Ang as the first woman and the first Asian-American general manager in Major League Baseball. I don't know if you saw this, but according to uh, Bob Nightingale, she's the first GM in any sport ever. So, (laughs) And confirm. It's uh, It's really historic achievement. Congratulations, Kim Ang, the first general manager to ever exist. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's those forward-thinking Marlins for you. Everybody else is zigging, and the Marlins just zag. 
Uh, Derek Jeter comes out and does a press conference. We would like to introduce the first general manager to ever exist. And just, you know, everybody's like, what the fuck is a general manager? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? what? We have to give Bob some credit for actually fixing his mistake on Twitter because usually he just ignores it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long did it took him? Like, what, two hours, though, to, to issue the correction? Uh, I didn't see the time, but it's it <laughs> a step on. in the right direction. That's just... <laughs> amazing uh congratulations uh but seriously though it is awesome kim ang has been deserving of this sort of position for (laughs) she could have been a gm 15 years ago with her resume it's it's obscene (laughs) she She should have been she should have been the dodgers gm instead of ed coletti that's right uh, she truly was an excellent she was hired under dan evans which yeah that's how long she's been around by the way she was hired under dan evans when dan evans was the gm of the dodgers she's been in major league baseball for 30 years uh she's been working in the commissioner's office for roughly the last decade uh yeah she's she's been somebody who's been like brought up in gm conversations over the last 20 years and uh i it's great that she finally got got the job because yeah credit She's definitely one of the smartest minds out there, and she was she was crucial in kind of bringing in new age information into the Dodgers front office under Dan Evans. But then, you know, they went with Deep Podesta and then Coletti, right? Like, yeah, I think so. I think. But think even then, like, yeah. Fucking um, Jonah Hill. <laughs> little bitch. But yeah, no, uh, awesome. That's that's awesome. I, that finally got the job. You no, know, it's it's great. It's cool. It's just my concern is like the same concern I have when a black coach gets hired at any level. It's like, uh, are they going to give them the proper tools to succeed? Like, if she was going to any team but the Marlins, I would be like, okay, this is. We'll see what happens here. But like, the Marlins could just very well suck, and then she's going to get blamed for it. Much like Dave Podesta probably gets more blame than he should get for the team but that's true you know you gotta start somewhere so congratulations to her i think that and i i mean this not not in any way to demand to demean anything that she might do but like legitimately if she like tries at all it will be an upgrade for what's happening with the marlins over the last couple years because (laughs) once Derek jeter came in they they so obviously tried to clear house to clear salary and and to uh, to put as as little of an effort into roster construction as possible over the last couple years um so i i think that her coming in they'll actually hopefully they'll they'll at least like try um and and add some talent i I think she's especially good at at developing through the minor leagues uh this is a team that's that's you know been actively trying to tank for a couple years and now is the time where they can actually like accumulate that that sort of talent at lower levels and at the same time add in with with savvy moves into the into the major league roster um so yeah i i think i think it's a great move uh, just as you know, hopefully Jeter like doesn't tell her anything and just lets her uh, be the GM and let her run the team. Really, is there anything else we need to get, talk about before we uh, get to the real meat and bones of <laughs> this show? I the uh, the awards this year don't really move me at all. I don't really care about either of them. Any yeah. of them? Yeah. Um, uh, Freddie Freeman was going to win, uh, and and but credit to the one and only Bob Nightingale for being one yeah, of two true. writers yeah, to the, put the one. Mookie Betts as, as a as his first place vote for NL MVP. The one time he was right, that's, that's true. That's <laughs> <a good call. laughs> 
that, that. I feel like we should mention Ryan Tapera got an MVP vote. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Place vote, like middle didn't... reliever, just randomly. I didn't read. I didn't read the story or the explanation as to why that happened, but uh, I almost like not knowing more. I think it's more fun that way. I'm pretty sure he was DFA'd by the Blue Jays because he was injured. And the Cubs <laughs> took a flyer on him, and he became one of their middle relievers or something. That's so good. I see. When I saw his name, I thought it was the. I thought it was that Nick Tepesh guy that was with the Dodgers for a minute. It was oh. Rick Hummel, St. Louis, St. <laughs> Louis publication or something. What the hell? Why? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, Rick Hummel. All right. Well, I mean, he also he he did give Corey Seager a sixth place vote, so yeah, this man knows something, I guess. <laughs> That's that is so funny. That's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even going to try to understand that, but you know, good, good for you to you, you get, I think a little, a little bit of a that's, roster bonus there. That's that some recognition. Wasn't yeah. Expecting. But yeah, so now we're, uh, we're finally, we're full in off season mode. And I think the fact that we're like able to just a couple weeks after the world series, like have a joyous discussion about the baseball off season. Yeah, it, we're not we're not sitting here being like, what the fuck do they need to finally get over the hump? <laughs> uh, we don't have to sit here and demand for Francisco Lindor and Trevor Bauer and like and just like go crazy. And uh, no, we can we can have a nice, relaxing, calm discussion. And at the end, go, ah, it'll probably be like Trevor May. And that's it. And that's totally fine. But uh, <laughs> let's um, let's uh, let's take a look at uh this offseason first off let's highlight the dodgers free agents so uh the guys from the 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 40-man roster that are now free agents jock peterson kike hernandez justin turner alex wood pedro baez blake trinan and jake mcgee we'll have a discussion specifically for justin turner because i think that justin turner is the only one of these guys that will be brought back um and i know earlier on in the season i talked about that we would probably have to let Justin Turner go and let him move on. But now at this point, I, it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back. He's He is getting older, but he still can play third base very well. Um, he hopefully, if they make a move for somebody on the left side of the infield, you can move Turner to first base. And then hopefully the DH is here to stay. So Max Muncy could, could play more DH or Turner can just DH. Um, JT offers a lot of flexibility and I think he's at a point in his career where he realizes he does not need to play every day. If there's anybody in the majors that I think would take a hometown discount and wants to retire as a member of the team that they're on, it has to be Justin Turner. Uh, so I think that I have, I, I was, I was jaded to the idea of bringing Turner back earlier in the season because I thought uh, it would require too much money. I've changed my tone on that. I don't think it will cost that much. And he's just somebody that we all want to see come back. What What do you guys think about that? I agree with that. I don't think there's any chance he leaves. He's going to be a Dodger for the rest of his career, no doubt. There's nothing yeah, no. to it. I, I totally see him kind of being like the uh, Udonis Haslam of the Dodgers. Maybe he takes a little bit less just so he could uh, you know, finish his career here. Like he needs the money. He's got that AMPM deal. So uh, that's, true. <laughs> there's no, that's true. There's no reason for him to go anywhere. Yeah. And there's no reason for the Dodgers not to bring him back. I think I think in the post game, you know, as the weeks have moved on here and everyone that they interview keeps talking about how important Justin Turner is to the team. I think that 
there there should be no question about his return. Um, let me throw out an idea to you guys uh, in terms of the remaining Dodger free agents. I think, well, first off, and I'm sure we agree, I think Kike's gone. Uh, he's going to get a starting job somewhere else, and he deserves that. Um, he, he's obviously had sort of a, I guess, up and down career with the Dodgers. There were times where he was, uh, he was forced into an everyday position and he didn't shine as much, but he's come up with huge games in the postseason. Uh, go ma- going back to his, you know, three homer performance in the NLCS in 2017 in the clinching game against the Cubs. That was fantastic. He had that huge home run in the NLCS this season. Uh, he he's somebody who is incredibly valuable because of his versatility and could really be an everyday second baseman for most teams in the majors. So uh, I'm happy for him to finally get that sort of everyday role. Unfortunately, it will be with somebody else. But at the same time, I think that that's good for the Dodgers uh, looking forward. Um, and any, any thoughts on Kike from you guys? I think he probably leaves, but I really wouldn't be shocked if they bring him back. Mm. Friedman understands the value of versatility, and it's not talked about a lot, but he cares a lot about the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So to have a guy like Kike Hernandez around, I think he gets that value. So he probably will get a starting job, but in a market that might be kind of flawed from a season where teams didn't make money, mm-hmm. really. I could see teams shying away from signing Kike mm-hmm. and then the Dodgers thinking they can get a steal for his value. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. I, I think in a normal offseason, I definitely think that he's getting a starting job somewhere and he's gone, but I think he's going to float around the free agent market for a little while and he's going to find... The Dodgers and him are going to find an agreement that maybe works for both of them because I don't think... I don't think he wants to leave Los Angeles either. It's it's a lot like uh to me it's a lot like, like uh Kyle Kuzma's situation here where mm-hmm. like you you could go get a starting job in like, you know, I don't know what's a small market baseball team that would use him like I, like the Marlins or something like that. He could go back to the Marlins. Mm-hmm. But like are you really going to get like the Adidas deals that you have in Miami or you're going to be able to keep that well going to be able to get that kind of stuff if you play in los angeles so i i think the uh i think the depressed market could help him out mm. or help the dodgers out in keeping him but uh we'll see I, I won't be shocked if he goes but i think there's a small a larger chance than people think that he could stay there's also a lot of guys on the free agent market who are similar to him mm-hmm. yeah like caesar hernandez jonathan vr mm-hmm. colton wong jonathan scope tommy Lastella. these are all guys who are kind of similar to kike mm-hmm Marwin Gonzalez, even he's probably the best comp, so cool. it might bring his value down a good amount. That's that's a good point too, because a lot of those guys you listed are left-handed bats or switch hitters, and I think Kike, the fact that he uh, is is such a platoon bat where he hits lefties way better than he hits righties, I think that might actually limit him a bit because um, if you if you're instead looking for a switch hitter like Marwin Gonzalez or or a left-handed bat like Tommy Lastella, uh, those might be better fits in in different places around the league um i think cesar hernandez also uh he'll he'll probably get a starting job somewhere uh so i you know, this uh the points that you guys have brought up i, I think are really interesting and they're points that i haven't fully uh, thought about yet so i think uh the more i'm listening to you guys i i i could see it too because yeah i think that this this free agent market is going to be so weird 
the fact that a lot of teams are going to be financially strapped are going to make things weird. And and Bo, to your point about promotional value, it's not really like mentioned the fact that like here in LA, Kike is used on promotional stuff and he's typically a, a, a role player, a bench player. And even through that, he's able to be used as a guy that the team promotes, like people buy his jersey. There are not many bench players that will come to a place like Los Angeles and get that level of promotion and of uh, of attention from fans because like we think of going back to guys like Nick Punto and, and Jamie Carroll when <laughs> when you you look at these like role players where I think Dodger fans kind of latched onto them as sort of like cult phenomenon but they didn't yeah there was also a I guess an air of sarcasm into in it as well with Kike people legitimately love him and he has had career defining moments with the Dodgers and and he's he's a guy who will be used on on posters where like you have you have like Clayton Kershaw Cody Bellinger Mookie Betts Kike Hernandez and and like for for most like fans of other teams if they were to see that I, you would have to be like, hold on, why is Kike there? But Dodger fans, we don't question it when we see him included with the biggest names on the team. So I think that is an interesting level that would play into whether or not Kike comes back. But let's also, uh, let's take a look too at, at Jock Peterson. And I think that we're, we're talking about the the way that this free agent market is going to shape what happens with a lot of guys. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that Jock comes back on a one-year deal. And and that's only because I think he did have another very strong postseason and people know his value. People people see what he can contribute to a club, but he did have a pretty down regular season. And I wouldn't be shocked if Jock came back on a one or two-year deal to kind of reestablish value and and wait to hit the market again when things might be better for players. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree with that. I feel like every player who's a free agent right now is kind of up in the air on they could go either way. I don't think there's any that are actually a lock to leave Mm -hmm. or a lock to come back besides Turner. I think it's going to come down to what they think of Edwin Rios if he can handle left field or maybe (laughs) Zach McKinstry because right now they don't really have a platoon partner to go with Pollock unless they think he's an everyday player, which I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. They love that idea. Mm -hmm. I think their other left-handed outfielder is Luke Rayleigh. It comes down to how confident they are in that situation. But Jack could definitely go get a starting job somewhere, and I wouldn't be shocked. So Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. And I think I think a lot like uh Kike, I'm I'm not sure that Jock is that interested in uprooting his family right now, given what went on. Mm-hmm. I'm still not even sure if we know what happened there, but you know, it's it's gonna be a weird offseason and I think uh just the uncertainty of everything still happening is going to make a lot of the movement for, I think the lesser tier guys, I think you're not going to see a lot of big movement for those guys. Mm -hmm. But I think like when you start talking about like the Springers and the real Mutos and the, the Bowers and guys like that, I think they'll move. But I think the second tier and third tier, it's going to be a lot more depressed than I think people realize. You talked about like moving his family. I'm wondering how the pandemic is going to affect players' decisions to move like across country or different states during yeah. this. It'll be interesting. It's, mm-hmm. I it's haven't really be, thought uh, about that, but could it's going to be a very impact. strange off season. And I think we'll kind of get a preview of it too, like with the NBA, how that free agency goes. That's true. No, that's a good point. 
Um, and, and this was it, it was the same sort of idea that we were talking about at the trade deadline too. That we didn't, but I don't think that that hampered the trade deadline too much. But it was also because it was, you know, corporations making decisions for individuals. Now it's individuals making their own decisions based on where they're going. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I do think the the points you guys are bringing up about Jock and his family, I think, makes perfect sense as to why he would be inclined to to come back uh, for another year or two. Uh, and I, I think that that would be a great addition or you know retention uh to to bring him back because he does partner with pollock well in left field um uh, blake you mentioned zach mckinstry and and he was somebody too that i uh i I think that his presence does come into play when the dodgers are looking at both kike and jock um david vasse said this on the radio a couple weeks ago uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. He said uh, that he thinks Zach McKinstry is going to have a better career than Gavin Lux, which I, um, I thought was interesting for somebody who covers the team so closely to say uh, that, that Zach McKinstry, this uh, super utility guy, would have a better career than you know, their top prospect, but it, you know, it, it is what it is. I've talked about that with someone else. Actually, there are a lot of people who really love McKinstry. Mm-hmm. They kind of see him as a Jeff McNeil type player mm-hmm. with some power developing later in his career. So it really wouldn't shock me, but Lux also has all the talent in the world. So. That's true. Yeah. And also Kevin... about Lux, they talked about him in the off or the outfield last off season. Mm-hmm. So if they thought he could play left field. That's another way Jock could go. That's interesting. Yeah. I am very curious as to what is going on with Gavin Lux. Mm -hmm. There's something, there's something going on there. I don't know what. This is very weird. And then came back late. Right. Yeah. That was, that was the belief that, yeah, he had COVID that, that really uh, hung him up in, in terms of reporting to camp. And then I think that, yeah, with the way that this year was, it probably just threw his development all out of whack. But I think uh, I like right now I put down my list of like who I think are locks for for the the roster next year and who's kind of the fringe guys. I have Gavin Lux as as a lock for the opening day roster next year. And uh, I think that right now he's he should be viewed as the starting second baseman, him and him and Taylor as as sort of a platoon. But it will depend on what's going on with his development and where he's at, especially come spring training. I think he'll probably be the the person to watch the closest in spring training for the Dodgers. Uh, McKinstry is a guy that I, I like a lot, and I think that his his presence on the team is why I kind of figured the Dodgers were just going to move on from Kike anyway because McKinstry does add the same versatility that Kike has, plus he, he hits from the left side. Uh, he does have interesting pop. Jeff Jeff McNeil, I think, is a great comp, um, and is not one that I've heard yet. So I, I think that yeah, that that's somebody that I, I could definitely see breaking out next season. I, I still like if I'm going to pick, I, I would still put my money on Gavin Lux having the, the better career. But I, I think that Lux is uh, he's his his range is much greater right now in terms of what can happen to him. I think with McKinstry. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty sure bet that he'll be at the, at the least a solid utility guy off the bench in the majors, uh, with the potential to to give some pop and and play every day. Um, so I think that yeah, McKinstry's presence really does uh, come into play when you're looking at Jock and Kike in terms of the idea of bringing them back. I have McKinstry right now as a fringe guy to make the opening day roster, but I think that he will make the opening day roster. 
um, especially if if Kike and Jock are both not back. Any thoughts on the position players before we move to the pitchers? Uh, I think we covered everyone. No, I think that's all. I think no. that's everybody. Because the free agent pitchers are, you know, Alex Wood, Pedro Baez, Blake Trinan, and Jake McGee. I don't Jimmy think Nelson. And and I'm and sorry, what? Jimmy Nelson. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and Jimmy Nelson. Right. <laughs> he is. Uh, World, that's that's so World fun. Series champion Jimmy Nelson to you. <laughs> Just the ring, Jimmy Nelson. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, also Jimmy Nelson. Uh, where where are we at uh, in terms? I don't think any of them are going to come back, and I think that maybe they'll <laughs> kick the, the tires. I'm I'm bringing back Blake Trinan, but I think he's going to get more money elsewhere. What do you guys think? Pedro Baez never leaving ever. I <laughs> swear to God, I, rid of him. I swear to God, dude. If Pedro Baez, oh my fucking god! If I have to see that motherfucker pitch one more time, <laughs> I, uh, I think, I mean, overall, Trinan is going to probably get a deal to close somewhere, which is why he came here in the first place. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, Baez. I, I cannot imagine that Pedro Baez is going to return for the same reason that I cannot imagine that Kinley Jansen is going to go into the next season as a closer. I think that Roberts has realized, I think that Friedman has realized that Baez and Kinley are just not guys that you can rely on anymore. So I, I feel like if they have a chance to move on from Pedro Baez, they will. And I could totally see like the Marlins or somebody paying him a bag to mm. go there and, you know, Please do <laughs> anything, anything, please. I can't do it anymore, man. Oh, and then he turns into Yemi Garcia for the Marlins. It'll be, it'll be the same kind of thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At this point, honestly, the Dodgers won the World Series. If someone wants to leave and be good, then yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Can I? I'm gonna throw out a, a wild idea. What if <laughs> you bring back Alex Wood, a one or two year deal? You tell him to to just be a reliever. Because him and relief in the postseason look pretty nice. And if he just yeah, I mean, completely transitions his mindset and his stuff to just being a lefty specialist out of the pen, he, he could be pretty good. I was ready to uh, blame their loss on you for even suggesting that Alex <laughs> would make the postseason roster. But it turned out to work. So, I know. yeah, I think you bring Wood back. There's no reason not to to mm-hmm. bring Wood back if you can get him for cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems pretty set on starting, though. That's my only yeah about him. I definitely see him coming back if he's a reliever. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I, I and I think that like you know somebody like the Pirates or, or the Royals will get him as a as a starter for cheap, and so he'll probably that's probably what will happen. But but if you, if you if you get him to commit to it, why not? I think <laughs> I think there's a lot of potential there strictly as a reliever for Alex Wood. But uh, yeah, I don't think any of these guys are gonna come. Kind of going to come back. I could see Trinan coming back because you mentioned him as a closer, but Brad Hand had a $10 million option that didn't get That's picked true. up mm-hmm. and no one wanted him and he was objectively better than Trinan this year. Yeah. So if no it's one's very... going to pay $10 million for a good reliever, you could probably get Trinan pretty cheap. That Yeah, I think I have a feeling we might look back at that uh, that case with Brad Hand and kind of see that as the uh, a, a dark omen for how free agency is going to go this year. Yeah, it's that was so weird. It's it's just super weird. I know MLB trade rumors predicts uh, Brad Hand 
getting two years, 14 million specifically from the Astros, which would be wonderful. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So they're, they're putting two years, 14 million, the same sort of, they're also putting that on Trevor Rosenthal on Trevor may like Trinan as well. Tommy Listella, I think MLB trade room assumes everyone's going to get a two year, $14 million deal. But uh, I think that that's kind of the, the, uh, the idea in terms of what pitchers are going to get paid this off season, which is insane. Brad Hand for two years, fourteen million is is so cheap. Like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that this is a good transition into uh, what the Dodgers should do in free agency. And uh, taking a look at, I know that that Friedman said on MLB Network Radio in the last week or so that they were looking at a right-handed bat and like two two arms in relief uh, that would provide different looks. Um, I, I know I said this uh, to my friend during the World Series, but I think there is something to they they kept showing that graphic of the clock with the Rays relievers, right? <laughs> All of them had the different arm angle, um, and I think that I'm not saying I'm sure teams have noticed that before. I'm sure teams have desired something like that before, but I could see that sort of kind of being uh, almost like with the Golden State Warriors, where you watch the Warriors succeed in the finals by just shooting threes constantly, and suddenly everybody else is doing it. I I could see teams now making a greater emphasis in acquiring relievers, but it, that will provide a mix of arm angles. And I think that the Dodgers talked about that as as something that they're looking at. Uh, I do think that they're going to add at least one, maybe, hopefully two uh, different relievers who are available in free agency because looking at the market as a whole, that is one area where there's a lot of good relief options available. And typically you don't want to pay for relievers, but this year where you can get guys at a discount, especially given how big that market is this year and with the weird financial going-ons of this offseason, you can get a lot of really nice talent for very cheap as we just identified brad hand at two years 14 million is really nice um trevor may on that sort of deal trevor may misses bats like crazy uh i know he's somebody that future dodgers especially has been hyping up a lot and i think that it makes a ton of sense for the friedman uh front office to pursue a guy like that um what do you guys think in terms of the bullpen in terms of arms that they may go out to add my my official predictions i think i think it would be trevor may and brad hand hopefully liam hendricks <laughs> um but i he'll be sort of the prized possession of of the offseason in terms of of relievers available i could see them getting hendricks i think it will be something more like may in hand but uh what do you guys think trevor may is probably my top target for them in the bullpen along with you so mm. that's my guy he's really good and i don't think a lot of people realize how good he is mm-hmm. probably because zra's been on the higher side three eight i think it was mm-hmm. but he misses bats he doesn't walk people he's a really good clubhouse guy he can pitch high leverage innings he's a really good fit for them and then another guy i was thinking is trevor rosenthal mm-hmm. he was pretty bad in 2019 then he rebounded a lot in 2020 so and then there's just a lot of mid-tier guys brandon workman Joachim soria Shane Green, Ian Kennedy, they'll have options. My bullpen thought is kind of, I think after his work in the playoffs and in the World Series, I think you really have to look at moving Urias to the bullpen. He had his has his famous struggles in the first inning. So if I was the Dodgers, Trevor May would be a good idea. I think they'll definitely go after the, mid, like the middle tier relievers. They'll try to find like the value signing because that's what they do with the bullpen. Yeah. But if you could... 
get, you know, if you if they could sign Trevor Bauer and move Urias to the bullpen, I think you kill two birds with one stone there. And I think that's something that they should look into doing. They really if there's ever an offseason for them to actually flex their financial muscle and be the 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 Dodgers for once, I think this is the one to do it. But who knows? They'll probably just sign Trevor May and Rosenthal and call it a day, which is fine because they won the World Series. That's right. <laughs> They'll probably sign like two high leverage guys mm-hmm. and then throw some flyers out to other guys. I think that's what they're going to do as well. I, I totally see that. Cause, uh, and to highlight Trevor May specifically in case uh, you're listening and you haven't heard much about him because he was, he was on the, the Twins last season. Um, and you look at, yeah, his traditional stats, like he had a bit of a high ERA because he was he's in the lower end. Uh, he did have some uh, some hard hit balls off of him. But, you know, it's also reliever in our ERA in a 60-game season. So, so you know, keep that in mind. The important thing with May is that, as, as Blake said, he does miss bats like crazy. He was in the 98th percentile in K percentage, 99th in whiff percentage, uh, 83rd in expected batting average, he's, uh, fastball velocities in the 89th percentile. So he throws hard and he misses bats, uh, which is something that you look at the Dodgers bullpen right now. They have like Gratterall who th- throws hard and, and should miss more bats than he does. But And I think that will come. But his, his velocity is super high. You bring in a guy like May who throws hard and misses bats, uh, that'll be huge in the back end of the bullpen, especially since you know Kenley doesn't really miss bats anymore. Uh, so you're looking at more guys to to close out games. Your point, Bo, on Urias going to the bullpen, uh, I think is super interesting. Uh, again, yeah, we saw we saw just how good he is in the postseason in in that sort of role, and I think if you use him as a Josh Hader type. Which, by the way, Josh Hader will probably be available <laughs> this offseason. But uh, that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, Hader would be super nice. He's also kind of an asshole, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I think that, yeah, if they add to the rotation, because bear in mind, too, we'll have David Price in the rotation next season. So you have Kershaw, Bueller, Price, uh, Urias, May, and Gonsolin. So you've got six strong starters right now. If you're going to move one of those guys to the bullpen anyway, maybe Urias is the guy, even though we're finally seeing just how strong his potential has been for so long and and, and seeing that potential now paying off. Because he's, he, what, he's 23, 24? Like, he's still yeah, 23. He's, like, yeah. he's 24 now. He's still... <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still so young. And I think that we as Dodger fans constantly forget that because he's been around for, like, five years now. But, you know, he came on the scene so young that we take for granted just how young he still is. Um, in terms of the starting rotation, yeah, as Bo, as Bo mentioned, you know, Trevor Bauer is the, the big fish of this offseason. And MLB trade rumors out of their their top 50 uh, free agents, they predict two of them to go to the Dodgers. One is Justin Turner. The other is the number one free agent this offseason, Trevor Bauer. Uh, MLB trade rumors pre- predicts him at four years, $128 million to the Dodgers. What are your guys' thoughts on Trevor Bauer? Obviously, he is super talented. Um, he shined this year in Cincinnati. Granted, he you know had a lot of starts against teams like the Pirates and the Brewers, and uh, but you, I, I hate like holding teams against starting pitchers sometimes. Uh, Bauer is uh, he's thirty years old. 
Uh, he's he's expressed interest in playing for a team that's analytically inclined. He's uh, from Los Angeles. He's actually he's from Santa Clarita. He's expressed interest in having uh, short term deals specifically, but I think he's kind of walked back that a bit. At one point, he said he wanted to do one year deals constantly because he's a weirdo like that. Uh, but uh, now he's probably more open to short term deals. But these are short term deals with high average annual value, which is something that Andrew Friedman really likes. So the match is there. It's absolutely there. The need, I don't think, is that prominent, obviously, because we have six very good starting pitchers right now. What What are your guys' thoughts on Trevor Bauer? Bauer was taking a one-year deal like he was talking about. Originally, I would be all over it. I think Friedman would be all over it because that's exactly the kind of deal he loves. Mm-hmm. But if he's getting a multi-year deal, I think there's teams that are going to be desperate that are going to pay him, like the Mets or the Angels. The Padres, maybe. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers just don't need to do that, so you don't really need to use those resources there, especially when you have Seager coming up for an extension and other guys who are going to need deals. Yeah, I would I would do it if they really felt that it was something worth doing. But I, I, I want them to spend money this offseason because they're positioned to be like one of the only teams that can do it. But I also know that they're not going to do it. And like Blake said, like Bauer would be a complete luxury for the Dodgers. They don't need to sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they will, but I just, I would love to see them go out there and spend some money and kind of puff their chest. But I, I don't, I don't think they will. It would just be very surprising if they did. One idea I've talked about a bit is trading David Price mm-hmm. to a pitching needy team. He's making 16 million from the Dodgers and like 15 from the Red Sox or something. Mm-hmm. So 16 million is pretty reasonable for any team looking for a middle of the rotation starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. So they could get greedy, trade him, add what 14 million or whatever in salary and bring in Bauer. That's not much. So Ooh. it would be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not really a need and they're better position to just spend on the bullpen and bring in an infielder. I, I think that's that's what I think too. I think my belief on on Bowers and as Blake as you brought up, I think he's going to either go to the Angels or the Padres. I think the Angels are going to do something out of desperation. They brought in they've got a new GM and uh the only thing that they, they never have is pitching. Um he would as you know he wants to come to Southern California um he can uh, he can go live not the Hollywood lifestyle in Anaheim, uh, but but yeah no I think that I, I think the Angels are going to shell out for him like crazy yeah um, I, and I, the Padres would not surprise me too I don't I don't think the Padres are going to spend that much money this offseason Angels Angels make a ton of sense mm-hmm. they need pitching so bad and they could easily market Trevor Bauer too. That Angels, I think I've I think I've said like all along the Angels are probably where he ends up ends up. So it's not going to shock me at all if that's where he does go. Outside of Bauer, I don't see the Dodgers really taking a look at anybody and starting pitching because after after that it gets kind of thin. You you know you're talking like Masahiro Tanaka, uh, yeah, which yeah, <laughs> uh, you know Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, I don't think that the Dodgers will will add a starter unless you know they do something crazy and bring in Bauer. And even that, I just I just don't see it to be that likely. But let's yeah, let's shift our gears to the uh, the offense a little more. 
but yeah, as we've talked about, like I, I do think that they're they're going to add relievers. We all agree that that they're going to look at guys like uh, like Trevor May, uh, Brad Hand, Liam Hendricks, uh, and they'll find you know one or two guys uh, who are friend- maybe Matt Moore. Did you guys know Matt Moore is a free agent this offseason? <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna blossom the- into a top ten. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Waka might be also, so the Dodgers can uh, get over their regrets of passing on him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank God, thank God. Finally, finally, you know, we could have uh, we could have had him instead of Corey Seager, and I can't believe they did it. Did you guys, uh, did you know, Matt Moore was only on the Giants for a season and a half. I, I saw that and that surprised me. I, I feel like he had, was on the Giants for like five years. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, let's let's you know Matt Moore. Matt Moore trivia time. What's the last team Matt Moore was on? Was it the Tigers? It was the Tigers. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> two games for the Tigers in 2019. There, there you go. Um, and uh, did not pitch at all in 2020. He is now a free agent. Matt Moore. I mean, like, I don't know. He he could easily be a guy who ends up following the Rich Hill career path, and in like five years, he comes back out of nowhere and is, you know, throwing underhand, and he's actually decent for somebody. But um, but let's let's look at the offense. Uh, as as Friedman said on on air, you know, a week or two ago, uh, that they're they're going to look at adding uh, diversity to the bullpen and in arm angles and 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 different looks out of the pen. Uh, they're also going to look at a right-handed bat, specifically, hope uh, probably an infielder because they do have a vacancy now with Turner gone. Of course, the guy who fits the mold of a right-handed bat that could play third base the best out of anybody available right now is Justin Turner, and that's why we all think that Turner's just going to come back anyway. Um, but let's play the what-if game. Let's let's say that Justin Turner does not come back, um, and now you kind of have this hole at, on the left side of the infield. Um, I say left side of the infield because, you know, yes, the vacancy is a third base, but we've always talked about maybe Corey Seager is eventually going to be a third baseman. So maybe that hole is at shortstop or maybe that hole is at second because Gavin Lux can also kind of mess around at shortstop a bit as can Chris Taylor. What let's let's say the Dodgers don't bring back Justin Turner. What do you think the Dodgers do there? Because the the name that is kind of mentioned instead of him would be DJ LeMahieu. Do you guys think that LeMahieu is an option for the Dodgers? If Turner's not coming back, yeah. I think DJ LeMahieu would be their top target. He's really good. He was an MVP candidate this year. Mm. But he has a qualifying offer attached to him. So they would lose a draft pick for signing him. But, I mean, he's a guy. You're going to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And and the Dodgers have had interest in LeMahieu before. They, They kicked around the idea of bringing him in two years ago before he signed with the Yankees. Um, which that would have been wild if he had that sort of blossoming uh, with the Dodgers instead. But yeah, it, it, he is a guy that the Freeman front office likes. Uh, Bo, what do you think? LeMahieu would be really interesting if they end up trading Gavin Lux. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think that Turner's leaving. So I, I, I really don't see anything changing in the infield too much this year. Weren't we playing the what if game though? <laughs> yeah, but what's the point of what ifs if it's not going to happen? We all know. It's the fun of the offseason. What else are you we all do? know that Justin. We all know that Justin Turner is not leaving. Lemayhew is a very interesting target. I've been saying since the offseason started that if they're really going to go after anybody, it needs to be George Springer. You need. You could put an off. You could put an outfield out there of George Springer, Cody Bellinger, and Mookie Betts 
and that would be nuts. I'm uh, sorry. I'm I'm trying to mentally get over the thought of having one of the Astros bats in our offense right now. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, George Springer is is a lot less unlikable than you know uh, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve and Yuli Gurriel and Carlos Correa. Um, he, he was he was out of the the top half of that lineup. He was the only guy that that's kind of likable. I think that's an interesting concept. I don't think it's going to happen. MLB Trade Rumors predicts Springer, I believe, at five years, 125. Um, they say the White Sox for him. I think that the Mets are, are going to shell out for George Springer because I think the Mets are going to shell out for somebody, but it's like not going to be the right guy because it's the Mets. Uh, so then it'll probably be George Springer. And and look, Springer's a very good outfielder, don't get me wrong, but I could easily see him just all of a sudden his career would fall apart because he's on the Mets. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think... That would be an insane outfield. <laughs> that really would. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't fully see that. I think I, my, my wacky idea with the outfield actually um, is Michael Brantley on like a two year deal. Uh, if they don't bring back Jock, uh, he kind of fits a similar mold. And especially if, you know, if the DH does come back, he's a nice DH. Um he, MLB trade rumors predicts Brantley at two years, twenty-eight million, specifically to the Braves. Uh, I think that that's it's such a uh, a nice contract there. Uh, that that's kind of like my wacky idea again. Like I think when it's all said and done, it's just going to be Turner. But um, God, yeah, Springer would be wild. I, I think that that's. I also think like with Springer, I think AJ Pollock is kind of an underrated trade chip because he had a resurgent season last year. Mm-hmm. And he really has a reasonable contract. So you would probably move on from Pollock and then you most likely just wouldn't worry about platooning, right? I don't yeah. think Springer's yeah. splits are that crazy. I don't know. It's just, like I said, like the way I'm looking at this offseason is the Dodgers being able to flex their muscle. And and like you were saying, like the Mets are going to pay somebody. I, I'm pretty sure the Mets are going to go out there for real Muto that's uh yeah that makes the most sense for them yeah and that's what mlb trade rumors predicts as well that uh yeah i had that first though but you had it first yeah Yeah. five years 125 million for jt real which is a damn it's a lot of money that's a lot of money but he's a very good catcher so you know it's what it is I had thrown around the idea of the Dodgers going for Real Muto earlier on in the season, but then that was before we. It, that was they, before Austin Barnes turned it, into a, exactly. the greatest player in baseball. <laughs> it was before Austin Barnes really uh, proved that you know he's the Yadier Molina of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he, I, it, it was before like I still had doubts about Will Smith just because I you know I, I didn't know if his power was uh, going to stick around, but obviously it has. So you know. We're, we're good at catcher. In fact, that brings up a good point. Um, I think the Dodgers should move Kiber Ruiz this offseason uh, mm. because I, I think that you're now set. I think just move, just stick with Will Smith for the future. You've still got Diego Cartaya waiting in the wings as well. Like the Dodgers are very deep at catcher. Um, and I think that Ruiz's value is. Uh, I don't think it will get much higher at this point in terms of as a prospect. Um, I think that if you're going to look at somebody like a Francisco Lindor or Nolan Arenado, um, I think Ruiz would be a perfect guy to slot into a deal like that. Um, 
uh, whether or not <laughs> those moves are realistic uh, or necessary, it's hard to say. Um, Arenado, I think, is, is super interesting because y- you've got the guy doesn't want to stay in, in Colorado, but he has this gigantic contract. Um, and so the Rockies are like kind of fucked, but at the same time, I think Arenado's deal is only through 2026. So, uh, he, he gets, uh, 260 million through 2026. So around 32 and a half million a year. He does have well, an opt out after this. And season. he has an opt out. Yeah. Okay. Which would be the reason they move him. Yeah. The Rockies would not trade him to the Dodgers. Yeah, there's, I yeah. Don't there's so. no way. I, I'm sure the Dodgers highly value Arenado. I think, I think he fits the exact mold of what Friedman would want. But there's just no way. The only way he ends up with the Dodgers is if the Rockies trade him somewhere, and then that team immediately turns around and trades him to the Dodgers. But <laughs> it's, I don't know what Nolan expected when he signed that deal. I really don't. Yeah. That's the biggest self-own, I think, for any baseball player. At least you're uh, smart enough to get the opt-out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they're looking for a trade, though, here's an under-the-radar. Well, he's a good player, but no one's really talked about it. Xander Bogarts. Oh. He has an opt-out after 22. Yeah, 2022. And he's only signed for $20 million through 2026. But he does have a no-trade clause right now. So hmm. it would be hard to get a deal done because he's very good and he's signed cheap but if the red Sox, who are just in a total rebuild think that they're not going to have him after 2022 this is the perfect time for them to sell huh that's interesting interesting yeah i do like bogarts a lot um and the left side of the infield to see your bogarts would be pretty nuts and the dh is probably going to come back so yeah we're all sure turner's coming back Here's their DH. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that they they wouldn't bring the DH back after having it be so wildly successful this year. Yeah, I think like I, I, I by the end of the out. season, I I didn't ever want to see a pitcher hit again. No. <laughs> uh I think worst case scenario, the DH is gone this season and then comes back after that when they renegotiate the CBA. But I, I think that yeah, I, they liked it a lot this season, so I'd imagine it's here to stay. But technically, just see, yeah, still not. It's just Pandora's box to me. Like once you open that thing, you can't close it. Oh no! And if and if Manfred like does away with Universal DH, but like keeps expanded postseason, like people are gonna fucking riot. Like, that's, I don't know that. <laughs> please. And then no one's talking about Chris Bryant either, but he's that's a free right. agent after 2021. Yeah, he's pretty mad at the Cubs for manipulating his service time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an interesting one too. He can also play left field. Yes. I, I think that's that's a good point, and I completely forgot. Yeah, I think the Cubs are going to go full seller mode this offseason, or at least they should, because yeah. I think that Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, and Baez are all done at the same time. So uh, I, I could I see them. I think Bryant needs to be traded. I think that that's their that's their best trade chip out of that. I think they'll extend Javi Baez, and they'll probably bring, bring back Anthony Rizzo as well. I think Contreras is also another guy that they'll end up trading because you can get a ton for him. But yeah, Chris Bryant, I think, actually is the best option for the Dodgers in terms of a, a, a trade in terms of trade value there uh, because, yeah, he can either take over third base or he can move him to left. Um I think that he's somebody that they would consider signing long term once his deal is up. I mean, yeah, we're all obviously we're all looking at 
the Dodgers are going to have to extend Seager, uh, Cody, and and Bueller this offseason, or not this offseason, at some point. Uh, I do think that they'll probably extend Seager this offseason. That would be ideal. Yeah. To be He's honest. Boris guy, though. And, and I feel like that's why Boris would probably uh would probably spearhead a, a sort of extension uh talks right now right after his stellar postseason he can get like what eight years 200 million or something like that um it's just uh, it's the covid and the covid stuff just changes everything right like very seer could very well be like um you know no I, i'm <laughs> gonna sign an extension i don't want to deal with the free agent market yeah. like there's just so much uncertainty so it wouldn't shock me at all if that was his approach. He does have a fairly significant injury history, which mm-hmm. might, yeah. he might want that safety. Mm-hmm. He also seems like the kind of guy who'd rather just focus on baseball and not have to deal with any of that. Yeah. What would a deal for Chris Bryant look like? Because I'm I, I'm already like I'm I'm kicking Kibe Ruiz out of the door. Like this, like I'm just like I'm just shoving him out and saying, all right, somebody put get him in a deal. Um, I think Ruiz and that sort of deal would make sense, especially if the Cubs are going to look at moving Wilson Contreras at some point as well. So like a Ruiz and and Cody Ozzy sort of deal. I feel like the Cubs wouldn't want Ruiz just because they have Contreras and he's probably a guy they'll want to keep around. That's yeah. I, I I could see them trying to retain control. I just I have a feeling that the Cubs are going to go full seller mode at some point, just because all of these guys' contracts end at the same time, and they're like, I mean, they they sure they won their division this year, and they they're still very much at a competitive level. But it, I I feel like they're not going to be able to retain everybody, so they're going to try to offload a lot of it. Um, like I said, Bryant def- and, and like you pointed out, Blake, yeah, that Bryant makes the most sense as somebody who would be moved this offseason. Um, He's also a buy low. He was really bad in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had a 76 weighted runs created plus and 0.5 war in 34 games. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing, too, is like how many teams look at the 2020 seasons and how many teams ignore the 2020 season just because it could be such an outlier. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, you were talking about Gratterall earlier, like he didn't miss bats this year, but also he only had a realistically a handful of uh, opportunities to do that. So is it just mm-hmm. like a bunch of bad luck or is that what he is? Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to vary team to team, I think. Um, they're going to lose John Lester. Yeah, presumably. So I don't know, maybe something like Ruiz and Gray start there. See what that see what happens. Maybe pushing overpay. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe you can do something like uh Gonsolin oh. or something like that. Who knows? I like I like Gonsolin, but you know it's it's time to uh stack the deck. Oh. I I think that yeah, is, let's also um we did I, we mentioned him a little bit, uh Francisco Lindor. Uh, the Indians are most likely going to move him this offseason. He's uh, he's only got one year left. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Lindor? Do you think Lindor is a is a possibility? Do you is it somebody you would want them to uh, to go after, knowing that you'd have to extend him if you if you traded for him this offseason? What do you guys think? I would probably give it like five percent odds of happening. And if they did acquire him, I think it would just be as a pure rental because you have to give Seager his money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Like, Lindor was a nice thought last offseason when they didn't have bets, but 
I think, and there was, there was genuine uncertainty around like what Seager would be, mm-hmm. but with Seager winning the NLCS MVP and the world series MVP, and for some reason, not being a, an, a legitimate MVP candidate this year, even though he played like one, um, yeah, I, I, Lindor is just, I, I think Lindor ends up with like the Mets or something like that. I, yeah. I don't think the Dodgers would waste their time mm-hmm. trying to get him. They'll talk about it, and we're going to hear rumors that they're interested, even if it's just Cleveland trying to drive up the price. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of former Indians that the Dodgers were interested in at one point, Corey Kluber is a free agent. What, what, I threw I I thought about this idea of bringing in Kluber on like a one year deal just to see what happens. Um, what What do you guys think on that? I think there's going to be a team that's more desperate for a starting pitcher that's going to give him a more guaranteed job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have a spot yeah, in the Dodgers did, rotation right now. So, Did he pitch this year? I think oh, he pitched a couple, a couple innings and then yeah. his arm or something. <laughs> that like was this. it. Yeah, it was like in his first start. I think uh, it was his throwing arm. That's Yeah, no, I, I'm good on that. Uh, starting pitcher name that I'm looking at right now that seems kind of interesting that maybe the Dodgers could check out is uh, James Paxton. Yeah, they could totally go after uh, the big maple. The big maple. Maybe maybe he could take Kershaw's spot. I don't know. Maybe. As long as it comes with Bryce Harper. (laughs) I honestly, I hadn't thought about it, but I'm very intrigued by Chris Bryant. Yeah. And I, I don't remember who mentioned it last year. Maybe it was Nightingale, but I think they kicked the tires on that last year, too. Mm -hmm. That's Um, interesting. I had, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, no, I, I I think that Bryant does make a ton of sense. And uh, and Corey Kluber threw one inning this season. That's what, that's yeah, what no, I, one inning. And then uh, broke his arm. But Poor if guy. you're signing a flyer injured pitcher, Kirby Yates and Ken Giles are available. And yeah. Roberto Ozuna, yeah. they're not touching Ozuna. Oh, God, yeah, no. <laughs> that's, those, are, those are like the bullpen guys I think the Dodgers would go after. Because that's like... That was kind of the same deal with trying into is yeah. you know, had a down year. So you, you see what you can do with them. Yates fits the same mold as trying in, in 2019. So that would be really nice. I, I, yeah, super down to take a flyer on, on, on Kirby Yates. Um, what about, uh, Garrett Richards turn him into Brandon Morrow. <laughs> I was just thinking about him actually. They, they were interested in him two years ago. I think yeah. when he was a free agent mm-hmm. with the intention of putting him in the bullpen and his stuff is so good. He, yeah, he would be a great reliever, I think. Yeah. He yeah. just can't stay healthy starting. Right. But yeah, no, exactly. That they There was talk of them bringing him in when he was, the idea was, yeah, a two-year deal when he was getting Tommy John and you're just signing him for that second season. Um, yeah, he, same same idea as Brandon Morrow. He has, he has great stuff that would definitely translate well as a power arm out of the pen. But he, he probably, he's another guy who would probably get a starting job uh, somewhere else, but um, I, I, I still am rather fascinated on the uh, the idea of Garrett Richards setup man. I think the best part of all this, though, is again, none of this matters. No, because they already won. <laughs> well, now it's, we got to get greedy and win too. I know it's so good. Well, you know, it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like Millar said before Game Four of the uh, 2004 ALCS. You know, don't let them win one. I think that's I think that's important for the Dodgers because now they know how to do it finally. Yeah. And they're definitely set up to keep doing it. 
except for those pesky Padres down south. <laughs> In a real season, the Padres are just going to win it all easy. <laughs> I think, I mean, I I guess maybe it's a hot take, but I think the Padres are incredibly lucky that this season was very short because they tailed off super hard at the end of the year there. Uh, their offense just turned to dog shit. I agree in regards to them making the playoffs because they started getting all those injuries. They probably would have made it in a longer season, but they are a very talented team. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, no, healthy, I think I think they'd be fine. Yeah, they they're good. But, you know, in terms of this year, I think they're kind of like the uh, they're kind of like the Braves from a couple of years ago who were really good, probably two years ahead of schedule. I think the Padres are kind of the same boat. Let me throw out one more name that's <laughs> that might be wild uh, in terms of a reclamation project of a pitcher about Chris Archer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> didn't, didn't he just have shoulder reconstruction? Yeah. Probably like two years away. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. He probably won't even sign this offseason. Oh. See any team giving him any money. No, not with not with the way that uh, money's going to be this offseason. Which, yeah, it's already... As we talked about on our last episode, and as we've mentioned, like it's going to be such a weird offseason. Um, looking at like the only signings that have happened so far is what Kevin Gossman uh, took the qualifying offer, right? Which is and I think yeah, Strowman took the Strowman qualifying took offer. It, yeah, there's no other real names that are standing out to me in terms of free agency. Um, the trade market will be interesting, but yeah, as we're talking about, like it, it really comes down to what money is going to be like. What teams are going to do with their money? There was a, there was one other person who was actually signed. Oh, Robbie Ray. That's right. The Blue Jays signed Robbie Ray for another one year deal, which is you know good for him. <laughs> uh, did did the did the the Ross Stripling trade ever end? Has that player to be named no. been named yet? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, think. yeah I don't. We have not announced it. <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm, well, that's fine. We invited. What's his name? Kendall Williams. Uh, we, invite, we invited him on the podcast. He, uh, yeah, he never got never back, got back to us. <laughs> We're top 10 podcast. <sighs> You'll regret it, Kendall. You'll fucking regret it. It's interesting. Now, see, this is annoying because now I'm just hung up on Chris Bryant. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a good uh, that'd be a good ad. And it makes so much sense for them. They could also get Cole Hamels. You could. That's a. Uh... Well, Give him he, Corey Seager's money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Green, remember when? Remember when they lost the World Series because they didn't trade for Shane Green? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That was the that was the same. Um, yeah, where they didn't do anything at the deadline. They brought in Kolarik, and everyone's like, "Why aren't they doing anything at the deadline?" <laughs> it was literally, Shane Green was the best relief option available. Yeah. Um, and they would have been right if they just let Kolarik pitch. How he was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. God mm. damn it. Well, you know what? At least that shit doesn't have to haunt us anymore. No. It doesn't have to. It still does, but it doesn't have to. No. That's that's right. Well, uh, let's uh let's say, okay, let's wrap this up. Um what do you guys have any thoughts on like one move that's going to happen that people aren't that people don't see coming. I think I, I, Blake, you mentioned Xander Bogarts. I think that's a perfect example of a, of a trade that'll happen that people won't, uh, won't really see coming as, as something that's possible. 
I'm uh, not sure it will happen, just that it has a possibility. Yeah. No one talks about it. Uh, somehow the Dodgers will trade for Matt Kemp again. <laughs> oh, but a trade someone told me about that could make some sense. Mm. Gavin Lux to the Brewers for Keston Hira and Josh Hader. Wow. I mean, I would I would do that. <laughs> I like I like Hira a lot, and uh, Hader would be pretty nuts out of the pen. I think the consensus is that Lux has a lot more upside than Hira, but mm. Hira is a right-handed bat, which would make more sense for the Dodgers than having yeah. their seven left-handed hitters in the lineup. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, I would have to that. add in more, but that kind of framework does make some sense. It just depends how highly the Dodgers think of Lux and the Brewers think of both of them. Am I being too aggressive in terms of uh, the Dodgers need to shop Kiber Ruiz? Is that is that too hot of a take, or is that do you guys think? Um, do you guys think that that yeah, the Dodgers should be moving Ruiz this offseason? I think if they don't plan on him being in their future now is the time. Mm-hmm. But catchers yeah. historically develop really slowly. A lot of them don't break out until they're like twenty five or twenty six. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you have to be concerned about his development as much as where do you project him going forward on the roster? I think, I don't think they're, I think he's a very strong trade chip for them where they can offer him and not have to feel bad about doing it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they're shopping him. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that they're going to shop him. They have to move him because they really don't have to. Mm -hmm. But he makes a ton of sense as the big name to throw on the table. Um, just because, like you mentioned, how deep the Dodgers are at catcher. And, you know, Barnes obviously has earned a role at some level. Um, and Will Smith has as well. So because the Dodgers have Cartaya in the system, um, Ruiz is definitely a luxury. Mm. But I, I just think, like, the more I think about it, COVID has put such uncertainty on both sides, I think, uh, in terms of free agents and in terms of trading. So I I would think that it might be a little bit muted this year. Um, Stroman taking the qualifying offer was very interesting to me, along with the Brad Hand stuff and all that. I think it might just might put a little damper on things this offseason, but we'll see. Something to consider with the catchers, though, is Will Smith has played third base in the past. And they're likely going to have the DH long term. Mm -hmm. So Mm. you could have Will Smith be like a versatile piece Mm -hmm. as your main DH, play some third sometimes, catch sometimes. That would be a pretty valuable player to have, even if Ruiz does become your starting catcher. Mm -hmm. No, that is that is a good point. Yeah, because the fact that Will Smith's bat plays so well that you want him in the lineup every day offensively. It's not something you see out of catchers often, so that would be really nice. So I, I think that I, I my idea is that if the Dodgers are going to make a trade this offseason, I think Ruiz has to be at the centerpiece of any major deal that they would make because he's, yeah. to me, he's just the most uh, luxurious <laughs> asset at the moment um, because because all other... Because like, even like Josiah Gray... Um, even though we're pretty stacked at pitcher right now, I, I'd love for them to keep him around. Um, I, I think he is such a nice ceiling that um, I, I I would love to see Gray still develop in our system and, and eventually be in the rotation. I don't know if I don't know how much value Mitchell White brings to other rotation other organizations at this point. Um, yeah. But 
Uh, he's probably their quad well, A arm at this moment, which is not if bad you at all. if if they sign someone like uh, Lemayhu, I think Lux becomes expendable at that point too. Right. So. Yeah. Unless the Dodgers are the Dodgers are in a very good older. spot. I think if we're talking prospects who could get traded, you have to bring up DJ Peters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 24, 25. Yeah. He doesn't really have a spot in the outfield. Mm. Yeah, DJ Peters is so weird. I thought for sure he'd be up already, but I think on most teams he would be. He's a very nice piece to have and he's somebody that we always kind of forget about too that he is actually a legit prospect. Like he just doesn't get talked about like other guys, but um but Peters is uh, is somebody who I I think that like there there's there's a definite possibility where we see him on the opening day roster, but uh, just because there's so many guys ahead of him, he would definitely do well for another organization. I I think that yeah, just to to kind of put a cap on it, I think in the end, I think all the Dodgers will do is re-sign Justin Turner and bring in a couple relievers, and I think that that is fine like that's that's because yeah. <laughs> they did just win the world series so um presuming that everyone stays healthy uh keep in mind yeah we're getting david price next season so we're adding to the rotation as it is and then uh hopefully if you bring in i, I still liam Hendricks. we didn't really talk about liam Hendricks. um i i only kind of rule him out just because he'll probably be the most expensive reliever available but for good reason, he's been dominant. Blake, what what are your thoughts on on Liam Hendricks? Do you see that as as a viable option, or, or what do you think? I think it could happen. He's really good, and they have the need for it. But he'll probably go to another team mm. that is going to be more willing to spend on relievers because they are paying Kenley a lot and Joe Kelly a lot. Mm-mm. Oh God! Yeah, that's <laughs> I kind of forget that this is this is Kelly's last season under contract, right? He was a three year deal. I yeah, believe so. Yeah. 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 And then Kenley, this would be his last. Yeah. Yeah. This is also Kenley's last season under contract. Yeah. I don't think Kenley's the closer this year. I think he's, I think he's firmly lost that job. So. Right. And it's like it's, uh, the fact that, yeah. And, and we should have seen that too. It's the fifth year of his five year deal. Um, I don't think that anybody expected him to close out that, that deal still as the closer, but, uh, and that's, that's fine. I think uh, you still have to kind of change Dave's mindset about Kenley um, to make sure that that happens. Um, but uh, I, I mean, if they, yeah, as you talked about, like if they do something wild, like add Bauer and then move Julio to the pen, then you're looking at Julio as the closer. Um, yeah. Hopefully we're grooming Gratterall as the closer um, or, you know, ideally, we just destroy closers in general and just do whatever the fuck we <laughs> in the pen and just uh, <laughs> just a- approach it strategically. Um, but, you know, got at the closer. So, you know, it'll be all right. Uh, well, now that Tony LaRusse is back, baseball's, baseball's <laughs> coming back in a big way, folks. <laughs> back to the good old days. Um, We're looking into it very strongly. Yeah. <laughs> Starter's got to go seven or else it's bad. Uh, you bring in the setup man in the eighth. Bring in the closer in the ninth. Yep. And the closer is steals. Be, you know, steals are back on the menu. Bunts. Yes. <laughs> can't wait. I can't wait for Jose Abreu to bunt somebody over. <laughs> no, I want to see Tim Anderson. Uh, uh, lay oh down yeah. Nice no. bunt, and then and then uh, whatever that. 
conversation will be like in the, in the dugout afterwards. <laughs> Thank you, coach. Well, you know, LaRusso will just tell him he's a Hall of Famer baseball person. <laughs> and to kiss the ring. <laughs> this does bring up a good point that we haven't talked about yet. And that is the fact that both Alex Cora and AJ Hinch have jobs again. Uh, <laughs> how how do we feel about this? <laughs> like, uh, I I'll I'll tell you that yeah, I, you know, I obviously the the punishments were not enough for anybody at any level. But um, you know what? Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard it's hard to care. I think wasn't. It was fairly telegraphed, right? Like the only one that surprises me is that Hinch isn't the Astros manager. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, <laughs> or apparently the, the White Sox manager. <laughs> yeah. When when the Red Sox hired Renicky, you knew that was just a one year thing, and you knew that they were going to bring Cora back. Yeah. Like it, it is what it is. It, it's it's as it's always been. It's a failure of Manfred in baseball to sufficiently punish that team. Yeah. But also, like, I think the Dodgers winning the World Series. Uh, whatever it doesn't matter like there's that 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 grief or whatever it is is not part of me anymore so whatever i hope they both fail but you know that's fine it is it is funny that cora has to go manage a just stripped down red sox team that has like no real immediate future and hinch has to go manage one of the worst baseball teams in the league so uh good luck with that you guys have fun I think I'm more I'm actually, you know, I, I I'm more, I guess, offended by the fact that Alex Corey got a job again instead of Hinch, because uh, even though, yeah, Hinch oversaw that 2017 team, by all accounts, uh, Alex Cora was the one who implemented all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it is it is what it is. I don't know. It's 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 fine. It was going to happen. Uh, I just, you know. I don't know. I guess I wish that they didn't do it so haphazardly and so quickly into the off season, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, the, the world series cures all, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of put, we'll, let's put a bow on this episode <laughs> with, um, uh, Bo got a PS five. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blake and I both got PS fives. And Blake got a PS five. Did you get one? No, no. Oh, I'm that sucks, man. <laughs> I, that's, I a mean, damn, that's a damn shame. <laughs> I've been saying for a while. I think I'm. I typically like wait a year until I get the get a console update. Um, I'll, so yeah, I'm gonna wait a year, and it's not to like. I don't know. It's not out of spite. It's just because. I don't know. That's just how I operate. Like <laughs> I, I definitely like, I want it more and more, but I, I have a bunch of games on PS4 that I haven't gotten to yet. And I know well, that see, I could just is, transfer them over to the PS5. Yeah, you can just play them on the PS5. Um, um, but honestly, if you could find one and you could afford it, I would recommend it so much simply on the fact for two reasons. One, it is so quiet. I was mm. playing Spider-Man. I completely forgot I even had the PS5 on. Mm. And number two, the load times are actually obscene. Like fast travel in Spider-Man takes less than five seconds. It's oh, nuts. Yeah. It's uh, it's well worth it. I would make the argument that if you're fine waiting, you should just wait because I was playing Spider-Man yesterday and it crashed and shut off. So <laughs> yeah, well, he, he bricked his... I went his, to Reddit he and I saw a bunch of people saying their <laughs> systems were crashing and bricking so they gotta That's get sad. those problems worked out uh, but it is really 
cool besides for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am going to wait. <laughs> I, um, uh, I just, I typically have always done that, but um, I am stoked that it is a thing now. Uh, I think whenever um, whenever Dying Light 2 comes out, that's probably when I'll update. That um, game hasn't come out yet? Oh, it still hasn't come out. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, I don't know. I think it's like out of April 2021 at this point. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, you know, um, uh, Cyberpunk is going to come out someday too. So. That will, Yeah. Yeah. And what is Cyberpunk 2077, right? That's the name of it? Yeah. It's also that's, the year that it's going to release. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh yeah so i I am i i'm going to get cyberpunk when it comes out because that looks that looks like a good time um how is how is spider-man uh because i fucking love the Uh, spider-man yeah no it's it's more of it's more of the same it's very good uh Mm -hmm. i like i said i struggle to see how they're going to convince me to not play as miles in spider-man 2 whenever that does come out Mm -hmm. because he's just so the he changes the game a lot and mm. the the attention to detail is nice and it's uh it's a good time but also like you know you could also get it for the ps4 so right <laughs> that's uh and that's what i'm going to do i'm gonna yeah. no it's 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 a good time and i imagine whenever they do spider-man 2 i i'm my dream is you know for them to do like a gta 5 style where you can just switch freely between yeah different players i, um, I would hope you know, maybe bring in like Spider Gwen or somebody like that, and you know, you get a third one going. They they have very heavily leaned into the uh, into the Spider Verse mm. aesthetic with this game. It's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hip hop when you're swinging around New York, and nice. some some uh, songs that sound like they could be lifted off the soundtrack for the movie <laughs> at key points in the game. But uh. it's a good time. And then uh, if you know. My dumbass bought Demon Souls, which I was unaware that that game's actually harder than Dark Souls. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> good times. Full on demons. What do you expect? Uh, that's <laughs> that's good. I've uh, I've started playing Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4. So you know I, I'm just a couple years behind everybody. So yeah, it makes yeah, sense hey, for me to fine. eventually I'll get the PS5 in, in 2025. I, I uh, actually never I actually never finished Horizon. I would always get into it and then kind of lose interest. So, yeah, I, I, I finished Ghost of Tsushima and, uh, uh, which the ending to that game is, is pretty wild. Um, that game's a, it's a strong, very strong game. It's got, it's got one of those uh, endings where you you can choose. I, it was Star Wars. Uh, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, so that's that's good. It, it was a good time. Um, and uh, yeah, getting that zero dawn now, um, you know, shooting some robot dinosaurs and whatnot. <laughs> I, I, I like how it, it's it goes deep into its lore. It creates this this heavy lore. That's 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 really interesting. So um, good times. And then, yeah, eventually one of these days, Dying Light 2 will come out and I'll be happy. Someday. Um, you know, you know what's actually one of the the craziest things about the PlayStation Five, the controller, the uh, the haptic feedback is wild. It's it's very strange. the The Astros Playroom game that comes loaded with the PS Five, it's really it's really weird to play. <laughs> and something like Gran Turismo Five is going to be very very cool. I think I think racing games are going to be revolutionized Ooh. by the by the feedback on this controller. Damn. 
Yeah, I know. That is an interesting element that I hadn't thought about. The fact that like it will, you know, judge your tension on the, the triggers like that's. Yep. And then, uh, you know, at some point we'll all get MLB the show, too. That's right. That's right. Get to roster bait there. Yes. <laughs> Good. And currently in my in my dynasty, I am in the year 2021 on, <laughs> on MLB the show. The Dodgers have won back to back World Series and then I threw a bunch of money at Jacob deGrom. So that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> I added deGrom to the rotation and I traded. I had to trade Julio Urias to get Mookie Betts. But, you know, sacrifices must be made. Um, it's OK. I also traded AJ Pollock for Felix Hernandez and it worked out incredibly well. <laughs> I revived the career of Felix Hernandez. It's pretty great. Uh, (laughs) um, I I better not keep you guys from your PS5 much longer. (laughs) I haven't been staring longingly at that for this entire episode. Just taking all your time. You've been playing it while we're... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, God. Blake, thank you so much for for jumping on with us, for hanging out, and uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot stop of ideas. By, uh, that... Stop by again, yeah, okay, maybe okay. The, maybe a recurring feature. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. See. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you are always welcome because uh, this definitely went super well, um, and uh, a, a lot of good information. Because I would have completely forgotten about Chris Bryant, and and I love the the uh the brewers trade idea and like a lot of interesting stuff there so i i thank you for 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 coming on and uh i hope you've enjoyed yourself yeah it was fun thanks for having me <laughs> of course um you can follow blake on twitter at uh by blake williams this is fun good times now i'm just i'm obsessed with chris bryant now i want the dodgers to fucking get much much better than they already are so you guys have ruined my off season. Now I'm stressing again. Thanks a lot. Just well, anytime you're stressing, just kiss the ring. <laughs> it's <be> all better. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go read some of those uh, meltdown columns about Justin Turner. Maybe that'll make me laugh. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you get to that. Once you get back to the PS5. As always, uh, we're a top ten Dodger podcast. Uh, if anyone tells you otherwise, they're wrong. Uh, we it is that is a fact. We are on the charts, so uh, keep us on the charts. Subscribe, uh, Swing Shift Ryan and Bo uh, at Swing Shift R and B on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a give us a nice a nice rating and review, an honest one. Okay, you know you don't have to do five stars. J- tell us if it was bad. Go, go two stars. That's fine. Nobody ever does two stars. They always they always just go to the extreme. So until next time, thank you so much for checking us out. This is Swing Shift with Ryan and Bo and Blake. Thanks, everybody.